1: And we're back. How we doing, Anna? Well, Todd, things are heating up.
0: Ooh, yes, Nelson with the jalapeno poppers.
1: Incredible. Ramirez comes in hot with a cheeseburger, patty, lettuce, tomatoes.
0: Beautiful formation.
1: Is he? (gasps) He's going for it.
0: Ramirez
1: grabs the Duke's mayo. (laughs) Look at it go. The twang.
0: Anna, this is the best tailgate I've ever commentated on.
1: Tailgate with twang. Get the official mayo of the tailgate. Duke's mayo today.
2: It's the Custer TV Podcast, the one place on the web to get all the latest TV news, reviews, and previews from my mouth, Matt's mouth, and Gary's mouth to your ears, basically. Uh, Gary's in the London area. Um, Good evening. Matt's in the stereotypical Northern North. Hello. Except you're not. Well, you are, but you weren't born there. The whole whole thing's a lie. The whole thing's a massive lie. It's not really
1: the North, anyway. I'm like North Midlands.
2: It feels like everything we, we base this, this podcast on has slowly disintegrated over the time we've been doing it. You know, you're not from the North. We know Mrs. McNamara's name now. I'm sort of a godlike figure. It's all sort of... <laughs> has anyone got anything they were doing this week that may be considered an anecdote?
1: <laughs> I, I, I did have my ears
0: to read. Really. Oh, yeah. and it, it so well, so it's So all, presumably... It's all good. I thought you were going to
1: periscope said, that. No, yeah, well, no. Really
0: cool. the nurse wasn't particularly happy about that uh, yeah. she was a very grumpy nurse so I didn't well, know yeah what that
1: was a, she was a very grumpy
0: nurse like, she went, went all northern
1: <laughs> no we <he> went Scottish <laughs> a very grumpy
0: nurse <laughs> that's what he's talking about no medical oh, yeah. um yeah, she was just a very grumpy nurse, so therefore I didn't feel confident in, in whipping... Seeing as she had, you know, <laughs> a stick and some in my ear... <laughs> whipping I, what? I didn't want to whip my phone out and say, can I just... Oh, that. This? You clean your mind
1: up. <laughs> Luke, Gary and Matt.
0: Talking Telly.
1: On the Custard TV Podcast.
2: When you have your ear syringed, is it one of those things where it's probably your ears are probably the cleanest they've ever been in their history so Uh, yeah uh, is every little noise really loud
0: no it's not quite like that no it's it's not like as i put on facebook i'm not like Batfink now where i can hear things in sonar (laughs) uh but you you're amazed at how a how much comes out your ear and b how much clearer you can hear now that it's been done
2: well, I feel relatively sick. Does anyone else? I don't know. Um, also, it's always, it's always interesting, when because we, we know what we're going to talk about on this podcast, but in no way did I expect 103 podcasts in to be discussing Batthink, which oh. is nice. Oh. I didn't expect it. Sorry, 105. Thank you. All right then, let's do some, pre- uh, some news first of all. Sky One have officially wasted... 13 hours of Gary's life.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I don't feel like it's been wasted, but I feel a bit annoyed.
2: Uh, Critical will not be returning. This is Jed Mercurio's uh, 13-part medical drama starring Lenny James.
0: Did it end on a cliffhanger? No, it ended reasonably resolved. It it was setting up series two, but it, it did kind of deal with some of the major issues in the last few episodes.
2: Ripper Street series three. We talked about where it would land on the old schedule sphere, and uh, bizarrely, Friday, thirty first of July at nine o'clock is where it's going to go. Gonna get down um, on Friday. Gonna get down on Friday. Yeah. Were you happy oh, with? Bat- that? F- Batfink and Rebecca, what's her name? On by, <laughs> on one podcast,
0: the Were you two shall never meet. Friday make...
2: night. Uh, well, I think the scheduling of it's been a bit odd. It, when it started, life. On the BBC, it was on Sunday, and people said, well, it's not really a Sunday show. Then they moved it to Monday, and it was opposite Dot Martin, and it didn't really find an audience. Maybe Friday? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Gary, is the answer. I don't know. Uh, Also, I wanted to bring to your attention um, something that I've written about recently. It was a statement on Sky News by Gary's mayor, Boris Johnson. Not my Um, mayor. Not my mayor. Not my mayor. I, I he ain't my but man, But basically, he was asked about the validity of the BBC, and he says, well, they're kind of a good thing, but it does make me wonder why we can't produce shows t- to the calibre of Breaking Bad, which has annoyed some UK telly fans, me Ooh. being one of them. Look,
0: it's a great national institution. I think it's the most uh, wonderful ambassador culturally for our country around the world. The only thing I sometimes wonder is, do they abuse their um, dominant position in, uh, in the web, in downstream media of all kinds, to displace activity by local papers, by other, by other media? And you have to wonder whether all that should really be funded effectively by the taxpayer. That's, that's my question about the BBC. The other thing I, I ask sometimes is, why on earth can they not produce something that is quite as brilliant as, as Breaking
1: Bad?
2: But why as a nation do we not celebrate BBC channel Four and the diversity and the oh, variety no, you didn't that we've got ITV,
1: then.
2: yeah <laughs> i I couldn't I started to you form mentioned the word diversity
0: in ITV the only link is when they had that dance troupe you know
2: oh, yeah actually what's his face yeah. no i just I just think it's a shame I think you know everybody bangs on about Game of Thrones and about you know, these are, Breaking Bad. And
1: programs, as you said, I mean, I think there's a very good article on the website that you wrote. Um, these are programs that are funded by you know they're on cable pay cable channels at the end mm. of the day, and they have these massive yeah. budgets. Whereas mm. a lot of the you know you're working at a BBC budget, it's very hard to sort of compare the two. And I think certainly last year, BBC One had like, and BBC Two had like three of the best dramas for a while mm. with line of duty happy valley and the missing and
2: the missing i'm catherine by the way i'm 47 i'm divorced i live with my sister who's a recovering heroin addict i've two grown up children one dead one who don't speak to me and a grandson
1: how would you like to make half a million pounds if you're talking about kidnapping
2: i've got to ruin the police you left abruptly everything all right yes yeah original british drama happy valley on
0: bbc one my son was taken. I came back. It's been eight years now. What are the chances of finding him alive?
1: There's nothing else there. No proof, no evidence. You need to stop this. You need to go home. I found something. I think you're one of
0: the best person, to, best people to, to sort of discuss this because previously yeah. you were a Brit living in America, yeah. still trying to stay with your love of British television. And I know. Mm-hmm. Our, well, no, our, you know, I, early, I, I don't. I, our very early podcasts were kind of like Britain versus America kind of yeah, thing yeah it like? was kind of
2: but and also the thing is that I didn't go to America you know I was only 15 yeah. when I went to America I didn't go to America with a love of Amer- of English TV I went I liked you know sitcoms and Noel's House Party and all those things but I didn't go with a love for Ooh, British house, Tally house and house then party
1: there, another contemporary <laughs> another contemporary <laughs> refer-
2: <laughs> but think Rebecca What's Her Face <laughs> this is what people tune in for but the thing is i didn't go to america with the love of of uk telly i it grew over time to become you know something i look forward to a bit of an obsession
1: like bbc tv or british tv as a whole sort of has improved maybe sort of because of american tv i would
2: say it's probably improved from about 2005 onwards i would
1: agree yeah
0: um, I think I think again one of the problems is some of the bigger some of the bigger cross promotions I mean if you think about the epic things like Rome or the Tudors or even Humans which is now showing they're cross promoted with America you know they yeah. they're co-funded by by cable television in America I mean I think Downton Abbey probably qualifies as the most recent big cross-Atlantic hit that we've produced. I know you've got Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Who reboots, but I think I think all, Downton... All, has
1: been, I think, did quite well in America. That got Emmy,
0: it got an nomina, Emmy nomination,
2: yeah, from couple, Ireland. Couple, but I, but I,
1: think, I think Downton is so
0: stereotypically British, mm. you know, it is mm. a costume jump, it's what the world thinks Britain is now.
2: Yeah, I've said this umpteen times, I could probably just not say it and pick a bit of the podcast from previous years where I've said it, yeah. but the main networks, CBS, ABC and Fox, uh, NBC I didn't include there, but they're the main ones, they're basically, ABC. they've got a couple of dramas on them and some comedies, and then the rest of the time it does feel very BBC, very ITV2. There's a lot of like the Bachelor and the Amazing mm. Race think, and the and Survivor. People don't realise that. People think they go watching the Wire, then Nurse Jackie, then something. Else. It's not.
0: I think now it's becoming more the case. But I think certainly three years ago, if you'd never been to America, you never knew what television was like over there, and vice versa. And that's why I say that you have a unique perspective. Yeah. living yeah, I both. I mean, I visited America, and I knew I. I actually found it very annoying watching American television because there just were so many adverts. I mean, in this country, yeah. the Simpsons is cut up with one advert. In America, it's three, and three. literally yeah. the, first ad, ad, the first advert is straight after the opening sequence.
2: Out of the couch, out of the couch gag, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So but, if uh... you,
0: that's why I think sometimes American shows have better life over here because of the lack of adverts. Twenty Four was obviously first shown on the BBC. You know, it was loved for the fact that it was one consecutive programme. And actually, it was different to how it was perceived in America, I think. not; It was still obviously big big, and exciting, because there wasn't that gap in the action. It was 45 minutes of, of straight action television.
1: Like, just, um, just like this podcast, 45 minutes of yeah, action. Yeah,
0: exactly, absolutely. Straight
2: action, yeah. Straight, straight, straight action, action, Jackson. My main point of bringing this up is because I, I think... Boris Johnson saying something like, "Why can't they make something like Breaking Bad?" is another example of people not noticing what is on our doorstep and just uh,
0: going, yeah. and "Just going, oh, everybody's watching this. It's cool." To- one of the things that I would say about Boris Johnson is number one, he's being pushed as the potential mm. next leader of the Conservative Party. So the the BBC has absolutely no think nothing to do with him as London mayor. This is him. You know, trying to position a, an opinion on something he knows will be bitter. But also, here is a man that says nothing without thirteen scriptwriters telling him what. Yeah, no, do. I was just going to say he probably because if he you allow him to open his mouth, bad. he probably has watched a few episodes of Breaking Bad. More than likely, he just hasn't watched any British television in a very long time.
1: I suggest you stop whining like a little bitch and do what I say,
2: Gary. Yes, my friend. Because I've been knocking America. Take us there in your
0: own unique way. I will do. Play the music. Today, the Emmy nominations were announced. The Emmys are very similar to the British BAFTAs, uh, and they deal, they have a a daytime Emmy section, but also the more kind of, uh, as we've been talking about, prime time Emmys, which is what these are. Still, fingers crossed for the podcast, Emmys. I will. I won't go through every nomination, but, uh, every every category. We, but, um, we haven't got the time. No, exactly. In the outstanding drama, you have Better Call Saul, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, Homeland, House of Cards, Mad Men, and Orange is the New Black. Pick I for would winner. be surprised if Mad Men won it, as it is in its last season. My other tip mm. there would be Better Call Saul. I, I mm. don't think Game of Thrones and House of Cards have had their best series. Out there. Uh, actress in a drama, Claire Danes for Homeland, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, Taraj P. Henson, the P is important for Empire, Tatiana Maslany for Off and Black, which I fully agree with, Elizabeth Moss for Mad Men, and Robin Wright for House of Cards. I'd say that's probably going to be between Viola, Taraja, and Tatiana, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> that was the greatest
2: sentence you've ever said. <laughs> I know. You uh, can sit back now. We'll do the rest.
0: Uh, that, <laughs> that is the podcast award. I hope you've been listening. I'd say that's probably going to be between Viola, Taraja and Tatiana, in my opinion. So the comedy category has Louis, Modern Family, Parks and Rec, Silicon Valley, Transparent, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt and Veep. I think that's a real success story there for uh, for, for, for Netflix and Amazon. I mean, you know, but, if, but a, Amazon with As long transparent, as
1: Transparent doesn't win. Well, I th- I, it probably yeah,
0: will, you know. It probably, probably will, will.
1: but uh, I, I think hope Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's got a a chance in there, maybe.
0: Yes, yeah, I possibly. hope so. Although the actress isn't nominated for her yeah. as the outstanding actress
1: and and uh, stuff. One of your favourites as well, Luke. Tony Hale in Veep. Out up there.
0: I love Tony Hale. Yeah, I he... think he's brilliant. The awards will be held in September the twentieth in downtown Los Angeles. We're hoping for a a, a, a ticket, Hint, Luke. You know, I, I saw it. Yeah. And uh, the event will be f- 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 broadcast on Fox by Andy Sandberg, who stars in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, and we'll give you some more information about the results of when they happen. You may remember that I had an article. Where I, went to see a, 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 I went to interview the star, Haley. He's well, mentioned this well.
1: article a lot, hasn't he? It's just yeah. like well, one article he's written. I just
0: wrote one and pushed it the whole time. The uh, premiere was on Fox earlier this week. Very basic premise if you've never seen it. Agent uh, Carter is a character from the first two uh, Captain America films. So she's she in the
1: first uh, one, isn't she? She's in the first uh, one, isn't oh, oh, she? She plays oh. the
0: love interest of Captain yeah, she's America. She's
1: not in the second one because that's in the modern day god
0: damn me she now works uh for another organization <laughs> in america uh she works for a telephone company which is a front for the spy organization that she works for and she's very closely linked with iron man's dad that's um the head of uh gosh something Stop. industries scott there thank no. you stark industries lots of things to do with the marvel universe if you're a fan of that you'll love all of this lots of nods and hidden uh, gems to do with that and Hayley Atwell is really good. I, I, I think she's great. And there's a real feeling of Jane Tennyson in Prime Suspect at the start. You know, the whole idea that she's the only woman. In fact, they even go as far because it's the 50s of giving her filing and asking her to get coffee. Uh, so you oh, got to get away so with sexualist. that type of sexism. Um, hmm. But seeing how she overcomes it and is a much better spy than any of them. So I think I will stick with it. I think it's one I will go for. I really enjoyed it. With that, I will cut, come back east. <laughs>
2: Right, some reviews. Um,
1: Matt. Hello. We'll start with the big sort of new show of the week, which was uh, oh. Dragon's Den. Uh, this was uh, the um, 13th series, I believe.
2: I believe so, Matt.
1: Uh, and was the first time ever that uh, three of the five dragons were new incumbents of the den. Uh, we had.
0: No, 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 no. no. Theo for Fetus came back.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, we had Gary Sarah Comedy.
1: Willingham, who was mm-hmm. on the restaurant, if you remember that back in the day with so Raymond Blanc. Nick something, who's Moon- Jenkins? Nick Jenkins, who's uh, the man who found in Moonpig, uh, of the annoying advert. And as Gary was alluding to, you've got um, Tuka Solomon, Tuka Solomon, who is a uh, clothing. Magnate, as they would say, and it's um, yeah. the
0: spit for Theo for fetus
1: I, I agree with you there, Gary. That it did seem a lot like you know we'll cast someone who's very much like Theo, but yeah, I I I liked the new dragons. I thought they they all had their sort of style. Um, Especially Tuca, who I, who I absolutely took to straight away. I feel it's lost a little bit of its bite. Uh, you know, you saw a bit of fire in Sarah Willingham when she sort of had to go at that guy with the preposterous uh, property uh, crowdfunding thingy. I think that the other dragons have been extremely generous with you. And the reason why I think they've been generous is because they're even discussing your business. This is the most disrespectful pitch from an individual. I never expected to sit here and be offended in this way. I mean, you've stood there and said, yeah, well, it was an option. I mean, it's just completely and utterly
2: wasting our time. I'm out. Both Tuka Suleiman and Nick Jenkins have never done any TV before. I think it's showed for the most part.
0: Um I think I, I think I can't remember his name. Let's talk, just call stupid. him Theo. Theo just did said, quite well. Mm-hmm. I think I I think he was quite Yeah, no, I agree. Friendly. I liked him. And I, and maybe that's because he he actually made some offers and therefore maybe you saw more of him. But in and maybe we just have to wait for other episodes to see that. But yeah, the other two did look very in the background. You know, Deborah Meaden and, and Peter Jones very much took charge of the episode.
2: As an hour-long piece of entertainment, it still works.
1: Yeah, I I I, just think, I, it, I would agree. Yeah. I just I think it's a... a bit cliched God. now. I just think you know generally what's going to happen. Um, you you know who's going to get the offers. You know, like for example, the girl. As soon as she sort of fumbled on her figures, that's it. You're out. You're not. You know. You're not going mm, to get an investment. Yeah. There's no. What's the word like? Surprises. Surprises, yeah. You know, if you've watched it for a long time, then you know exactly what's going to happen. If you're a new viewer, then I think you'll get into I it I just doubt
2: there would be any new view It's like when they brought babies, you know, I just don't know whether there'd be any I new mean, viewers I mean, I
1: I didn't watch Dragon's Den till I think Hilary DeVay was on it, so I was quite late to it. Hmm. I mean, they've made
2: some changes, like just talking to them before they pitch... Yeah, uh, which I don't know whether it works or not. But the one change I would make, we don't need bloody Evan Davis. No, no, they don't need a Friend a of mine for that.
0: successfully managed to convince his his fiance, now wife, that he was blind, and that his guide dog was well, do. just out of sight. I, I think I will watch more of Dragons Den this year. I think a couple of series away, because I think the last series I watched was the Hillary Devay one, um, fully. I think has, has kind of meant that you know I'm I'm happy, and maybe they are doing too many of them. Maybe they need to do shorter blocks and a year apart.
1: The the only other uh, thing that all three of us have watched this week is the fifth episode of The Still Awesome Humans. Uh, This week we saw uh, Colin Morgan's character Leo uh, meet up with uh, Gemma Chan's Synth uh, Anita slash Mia, depending mm. on.
2: Uh, <laughs> I didn't know they had surnames. Yeah,
1: um, and it was very interesting the thing about the family and the you know, finding out about the dad having the thing with the with the synth and.
2: That was so well described. I couldn't have done that. finding out about the dad having the thing with the. Yeah, synth.
1: and I like sort of the cross pollination of the characters again. You have William Hurt with the Emily Barrington synth this time. And you, you saw that the um, what the, what I
0: found most interesting about that was the way in which they managed to convince uh, the, the, the hospital synth. Vera. I can't think of it. Vera, yeah, Vera, that she wasn't actually a synth mm. so that when she was questioned by the police officer, have there been any other synths here? She was able to say no. As I was standing there thinking, how on earth are they going to get out of that one? Why would you be standing
2: Gary when you're watching humans?
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary.
0: Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I should be doing is stand to the attention of the amazing acting by Catherine Parkinson. I don't really remember no, her apart no. from the final scene. What? I I think you're being very unfair. This is a woman who's I'm not a being actress. unfair. Just, it's just genuine. Yeah. I don't remember well, until the saying, final oh, scene. She
1: was rubbish. She was good, but no. I don't think. Uh, I I many just was particularly stand just out. Think particularly, on the ensemble I think the only person for me who sort of is Gemma Chan I think she's a bl- you know delivering a blinder in this one
0: yeah a yeah. a robotic I performance she's doing a much she's doing a very good job uh, because you know she's playing a robot you know and it's very hard
1: Gary I've uh, got a question for you as well okay um, did uh, Gemma Chan ever get back to you about if she'd read any of those robotics books that you sent no, her did. a question did on Twitter you, you him? I
0: was say, are you following me on Twitter? Are you following me on Twitter? No, I didn't. you.
1: Um, I just saw a tweet tra-ing. that you sent to Gemma Chan.
0: No, she was <sighs> doing some sort of Q&A after episode four, wasn't yeah. she? Um, and I just thought, and I just want to know, uh, the, if you read that Q&A, it was very strange because some of the answers she answered as the robot, I think. Or I'm not sure. Or not, maybe on, those,
1: on those Q and A's that those actors do, they are all very sort of generic, aren't they? It's like, yeah. Do you like playing your yeah. character? Whose character would you like to play if you didn't play your character? Yeah. I didn't know I you did. I, <laughs> I love <that>. the voice. <laughs> <laughs> you should do the
0: voice more that's often. What, that's
1: my Twitter
0: <laughs> voice. How Matt, that's how Matt reads out. Um, that's how Matt
2: reads <laughs> out tweets when he reads them. I liked it. But it did feel like this episode went round in circles. Yeah, and a, bit a bit of a bridge. A bit repetitive, to, yeah. yeah.
1: A bit of a bridge to the final sort of three, the final block C- of three. It
2: felt like if it was one that you'd come in halfway through, mm. you wouldn't have missed no. the beginning part. Agreed. You know, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, but you
1: have to have episodes like that. You can't have, epi- like, you know, episodes, well, like, like, plot-filled all the time.
0: Why on earth can they not produce something that is quite as brilliant as as breaking bad
1: opposite yeah. um humans on bbc one this sunday uh, and last sunday was the outcast a, i watched
0: uh, 10 minutes
1: oh right Ooh. and i uh, could watch no more yeah well i watched 90 minutes and tried not to stab myself in the eyes yeah during that time i did i wrote because i was writing a review of this so i had to sort of stick with it and um, I have my notepad out that I often do and I tried to give it a go I was like right I'm not I'm going to try not to write anything down for the first 10-15 minutes just to absorb this and I had to just you know I was writing stuff like get to the point when is yeah. this going to end you know
2: you didn't need to write that you could have just no I know it.
1: but it's just like sometimes
2: I, I very fun.
0: much agree so yeah.
1: this was Sadie Jones' adaptation <laughs> of her own uh own book uh, which is centred around uh, a young lad um, who, at the start, his father comes back from the war, the Second World War. If you wanted more <laughs> more information, uh,
2: there. yeah, please give me more war-based um, information. And
1: the first sort of fifteen, twenty minutes, it's like, oh, he can't connect with his dad emotionally, but he loves his mum. And then, oh, what happens then? Oh, his mum drowns. So oh, he's what are the odds? Uh, so he's having to. Uh, cope with like an emotionally distant father, and then he his father remarries uh, Jessica Brown Finley. Mind um,
2: you, I would. Yeah, I
1: would. Yeah. I think the main problem was that all of the characters were unlikable, apart from, I mean, I liked uh, there's that young actor called Finn Elliot who was very good as the young version of Lewis, the main character. But once you got to the teenage versions of the characters, uh, George McKay, who was really good in Pride, played the older version of Lewis and he was just like a really sort of sulky teen like almost like an emo teen um all the adult actors I didn't rate you know Greg Wise was in this and uh, Nathaniel Parker was in it reading around the um the press notes on this was reading Sadie Jones's interview where she said basically she'd been offered the chance to sort of adapt it for the big screen and they said you know we could do like a two-hour film but she wanted to sort of put in more context and stuff like that, hence the two 90-minute films that we've got. But I think the problem with The Outcast is that you've got this woman who has written this book and then is is adapting it for the screen, but she doesn't want to leave anything out, And what you end up with is, is an episode almost entirely backstory. Reading the premise for the book online, it looks like none of the stuff that they're saying, you know, this happens has happened yet on the series and I just think oh. it's it's fine, you know, to write a book but it's a different matter to write, like a, a series for TV because you have to think about a different audience. Hair, which was um, the new... Who
2: do we reckon's got the best hair on the podcast?
0: Well, I'm 40 and I've still got a full head of hair. Yeah, so... Gary,
1: I would say Gary.
0: Yeah. Well, he's, he's definitely winning in being older with hair. Let's let's wait until you two get to 40 and then go back and compare. A
1: lot of it's around his mouth, but he's got the most (laughs) (laughs) hair.
0: There's a lot of things around his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: No, I I don't know. I don't know whether I'm happy with you having the best hair
0: on the park. Well, well, I'll have to live with it, I suppose. you, You don't get a vote
1: that has moved uh, from BBC3 to one of the main channels. Uh, it's the most bizarre show yeah, to make the yeah, jump yeah, yeah, I yeah. think. And it's they've changed it a lot. The, the, obviously the concept is still there that you've got 10 it is basically the bake off con you know concept that they've used for the sewing the allotments uh, we've got the pottery one coming up.
2: Throwdown throwdown um, pottery throwdown. Uh, this
1: down. is 10 amateur hairstylists or I think some of them do work as hairdressers and stuff like that. Oh. They should Uh,
2: be thrown out.
1: Yeah. Um, And they work... Half of it is done in, like, a uh, TV studio, made up, like, a hair salon. And then the second half is done... uh, So they go, like, out into the field. In this first one, this was... They were, like, a um, retro dance thing where they had to make people look like they're from the 1920s. originally on BBC3, this was an hour and they had this is two half hour installments which i think worked better i certainly think the second episode was stronger the one where they actually got to go out and and you saw more of like what the models were doing they had to like this speed challenge where they were uh, crafting the hair of the dancers who were then on stage and you could see who'd done it best because you could actually see the like the hairstyles sort of collapse as the dancers were dancing um one thing I will say about this is that the most bizarre thing for me is Catherine Ryan, the Canadian comedian, is uh,
2: the host oh, of Oh, I like this. that. I like a bit of alliteration on the but That's always nice.
1: Yeah. Um, that was
2: almost poetic.
1: Okay, let me get on with it. Uh, she.
2: Oh, everybody's turning on me today, aren't they? She's
1: the, uh, the host of this, taking over from... Ubiquitous Welshman Steve Jones, not to be confused with Gethin Jones. Catherine Ryan essentially is just there occasionally, just to shout. Fifteen minutes left. Ten minutes left, and do the odd gag here and there. There's a different voiceover man who 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 does his own gags himself, which seems to me like they wrote a script for Catherine Ryan and then went, "Oh, her voice is too annoying to do the voiceover." So her
2: voice is annoying. I man. think.
1: You should play a clip of mm. Catherine Ryan's annoying voice. Will
2: you
0: stop telling me where to put <coughs> clips? You want me to do an impression? See, it's got to be. She has to say things like a boot, Canada, uh, maple leaf. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
2: I tell you what, you could have a holiday after this one. You've excelled yourself several times.
1: I, I talk funny because I come from Canada. Moving on to two Channel Four programs, myself and Luke have both watched. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Matt first, and I
2: were married at first sight. The,
1: the first, um, I think, was a bit of sort of could be done under the Trade Descriptions Act, because uh, in the first episode of Married at First Sight, nobody got married.
2: Although I did find it strangely compelling, I found it really uh, annoying at the beginning because they kept, you know, see, I, I doing that tuned usual out thing.
1: By the end, I, I stuck with it. So basically, this is, I think, it was about what eleven hundred people applied. Twelve? No, 1,500. And
2: three. Got through, didn't they? Yeah, 1,500... Oh, no, four. Fif- Otherwise, one person right. would be on the road. <laughs>
1: I'll oh, start 1,500 people applied to be on this show um, where they are matched up with someone who is sort of genetically their perfect match. They do it, they, you know, they interview them. That's
2: <laughs> how we sorted out you and Gary for the podcast. They, they,
1: from that original 1,500, they whittled it down to sort of 15 potential candidates and then from that they only managed to match up uh three couples one of one of whom the woman then decided oh I can't go through with this sort of married at first sight thing so I just found it a bit annoying just all, listening to all these people complain about why they hadn't found anyone to settle down with it was just like an hour of people complaining I think this second episode might be a bit more entertaining but for me, the most annoying thing was hearing the sort of opening strains to Bruno Mars's uh, "I Want to Marry You" about. A they could dies. not have it though, could yeah, they? Yeah, but they just—they is... cu- didn't ever go into the song. It was just the the, the the bit of the start. I can't I can't do it justice. But have you told your friends about this podcast? No. Well, tell them now. The Custard's TV live.
2: By the way, we are coming up to a new feature oh. on the podcast. It's called Luke versus Matt. No, it's and not. And it will be happening. No, what is not. it called? It's called
0: Matt vs. Luke. Get it right. Oh, oh. I don't like, I've never liked the name of the thing. Well, <laughs> I've decided it's my feature. It's Matt vs. Luke. Uh, I also mentioned last week's Seven Days in Hell. This stars Andy Samberg, who we've already mentioned, and Kit Harington, uh, who plays Jon Snow in no, uh, not- Thanksgiving. They- he knows nothing uh this, this was a mockumentary style program about a fictitious but very much based on current uh on, on tennis stars of the past Andy Sandberg plays a kind of mix between John McEnroe and Andre Agassi and Bjorn Borg and Kit Harrington was was playing very much a Tim Henman uh Pete Sampras mix uh someone who was very successful but no no personality Andy Sandberg was basically no, a yeah, bit
1: a, a bit like John Snow in Game of Thrones then
0: well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Very popular yeah. with no personality. <laughs> but he, he was... Uh, there was also lots of uh, lovely cameos as well. Uh, tennis players like John Mack... Like Serena Williams, up uh, in it. It was done very much like a mockumentary, you know, like sort of it was talking about an event, so there were lots of talking heads and things like that. It was very sweary, and there was a little bit of... Big nudity. Luke, you can still catch... Ooh. Uh, what was it? Uh, it called again? Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. But it, overall,
0: <laughs> I thought it was quite funny.
2: Um... And just to clarify, the the nudity isn't Andy Sandberg, is it? Um,
0: uh, no. It's
1: not Martina Navratilova,
0: either. No. Oh, God, we covered all the bases there. (laughs) No tennis players, former or present, were naked in this show, as far as I can tell. And lastly, um, The Transporter, which was on Channel 5 during the week, at the very weird 8 o'clock slot. Um, This is based on the films that starred Jason 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 Statham. Indeed. I wouldn't mind it. he's had like 20 minutes to look that, <laughs> to look that <laughs> up if you didn't Come on, come on. Just pause the podcast, yeah, he's on Statham. Um, I, I managed half an hour of this. Basically, this is a great, if you love fast cars, because it appears to be that the majority of the programme is spent in him in car chases. It's a British actor who's playing the role in France and apparently goes to other European he's cities as part of the show. Huh? Jason Statham. No, he's so not. In just the, tri- in the oh, series, oh,
1: in the series, who's the actor?
0: I don't know. Rowan Atkinson, <laughs> I think. I, I I recognized him, but I couldn't tell you his name in a million years. Uh, <laughs> that could be literally anyone, couldn't it? <laughs> literally, could be anybody. Uh, knowing my record, probably a serial killer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't recommend this. I mean, I've, I'm not a fan. I've seen the Transporter, the first film, and it's an okay action film, but you know, it is a bit heavy on the violence. Uh, this being on 8 o'clock, really felt like it was a bit of a filler, and it was a bit strangely framed, you know, it's kind of set in France, but everybody spoke in a British accent, and it, therefore it didn't really feel very weird. it didn't really feel at all made up, So, and the reason that this is in, not in Gary's Go West is because I didn't really feel this was an American-made show.
1: And the, the actor in question was Chris Vance.
0: Let's rattle
2: through, because we know we want to do the quiz.
1: Can I just say, throughout the week, uh, BBC Three have got uh, a sort of whole uh, disability season on. They have, uh, yeah. Starting on Monday at 9pm with Don't Take My Baby, which is a factual drama based on a real story. not a
0: blues song.
1: About a disabled (laughs) uh, couple. Uh, It's written by Jack Thorne, who wrote The Fades. Uh, Mm. Tuesday at 9 on BBC Three, there's Me and My New Brain about people who've suffered brain injuries. And uh, Thursday at nine, uh, we've got uh, Adam Pearson, who me and Luke have met briefly at Edinburgh, uh, who's doing a, a documentary all about uh, hate crime against the disabled. Uh, so and it,
2: on Friday as well, nine o'clock, a very personal assistant is a two-part documentary. People with a disability are looking for people to help them in their everyday lives. And that it carries on into
0: the following week as well. So there's a lot
1: to... Gary, uh, preview excellent. something.
0: On Wednesday, if you're a fan of um, uh, The Returned, there's another French drama on Channel 4, Witnesses. Looking this, looking comes, um, this. this comes highly recommended. Um, I haven't seen it, but I'm aware that there's a lot of people talking about it. Uh, it's a French thriller which explores the dark corners of the human psyche, which to oh, me it's sounds um, very good. Yeah, uh, yeah Looking forward to this one. It. it will be subtitled, so if you're the kind of person who I likes that... I was going to say, yeah. Well, no, I hope so, otherwise I won't be able to enjoy it. The reason I say that is 10 o'clock may not be the best time of night to be sitting down and watching a subtitled drama, so in which case, do what I do in those situations, record it and watch it during the day. Or, or a put early your glasses thing, on. Yeah, when, you know, when, you, when you're more up to date. Now, the new feature. <laughs> because I'm no longer singing and because accents aren't that interesting, we bring you Matt versus Matt vs. Luke. questions about television programs each week there is a 10 second time limit and if Ooh. there is a tie i will have a tiebreaker which will be the closest to the answer tiebreaker so for instance how many episodes of uh, of, of twin peaks were there something like that oh my god okay right, right. so as it's matt versus luke uh, which is the name of the title matt can go first so here Aww. we are right question number one which 80s police drama US starred William Shatner? Hey, TJ
1: Hooker.
0: Correct. Luke, name one of the original presenters of the UK version of Gladiators. Ooh, Eureka Johnson? Correct. You also could have had John Faschner. <laughs> Who was the commander <laughs> of the Stingray in the 1960s TV show of the same name?
1: No idea, um,
0: Commander. No, over. Pass. No, nope. Captain Troy Tempest. <coughs> For the win in week one and one point. What was the name of the bar in the TV show Cheers? Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> I know. Where everybody, <laughs> where everybody knows your name. Time... Hang on. Uh, um...
0: It was Cheers. Uh, uh... <laughs> Right, so <laughs> week one I have to go to a week one I have I to go knew, to a. Time I knew rate. that
1: one. I knew that one.
0: <laughs> okay, I will go to Pat first. I go. You get a chance to answer. Next week, Luke will go first. By the way, okay, and the nearest person wins. Okay, the question is: How many Golden Globes <laughs> did Cheers win? <laughs> <laughs> the 11 to run how many uh,
1: win people? or nominations? wins I'll go uh 12
2: Luke you're I've got to halve it then and get go 6
0: ladies and gentlemen Luke is spot on with Ooh. you. Let's just go uh, down here. That down. The 14, was you, you? It was a little bit easy, even though you both got one wrong. Uh,
1: <laughs> Luke's, was e- Luke's was dead easy. I got who is the captain of the Stingray.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he didn't get his right, so... Yeah, I know. We'll carry this over every week, very quick at the end of the show. Only two questions, only one tiebreaker. But uh, at the beginning of this long ring series, which I'm sure it will be, Luke 1... <laughs>
2: At nil. Oh. I have to say, I'm already obsessed with that. We will have to ignore the podcast from now on and just do that.
0: Just do quizzes every week.
2: <laughs> it won't be interesting for anyone else but me, but I don't care. Okay, follow me on the Twitter. Should... Isn't it? it? <laughs> yeah. Follow me on Twitter to congratulate me on my win. There, uh, it's at LukecasterTV. Or, go, or I can't believe enough. you didn't know
1: the bar and cheers. Was I know
2: cheers. it's annoying because I can't cut that out either, can I? Right. Um, also, um,
0: you can follow Gary, Quizmaster Gary, on Twitter. Yes, if you'd like to, if you'd like to give me any ideas for quiz questions, you can do at the Gary Show.
1: <laughs> you have to direct message him though, because I yeah, a... <laughs> yeah we can yeah,
0: see you can give me the question, but direct message me the answer. Yeah. You know. Although, no, because if no, we see the
1: question,
0: question, we can st- then be able to Google the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah Direct message yeah. me, uh, your or email me, message me, yeah. and I'll send you my email address. Or phone you. I can give you his number. out. <laughs> oh, no, um, that's fine.
2: Don't worry. Uh, or you can commiserate with Matt. Matt's on Twitter as well.
1: Matt
2: Matt's TV Bytes. Uh, uh, Facebook dot com forward slash The TV. Download this podcast from that website, or get it directly on iTunes, and leave us a five star review if you may. And if you love us as much as we love us, then you can vote for us as part of the podcast awards as well. So that's all the bases covered. Love the quiz. (laughs) Love it. Okay, goodbye. Bye.
1: Bye. Download this podcast from
0: thecustardtv.com.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just
1: about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?